Hey, welcome to the post show broadcasting live from Zina TV in Los Angeles. This is where we elevate the creative cult, right? This is where creatives can be seen. So thanks for tuning in. Thanks for always watching us. Thanks for being fans of the post show and everybody on it. Uh, I'm Poe, of course. On Wednesday, May 10th, from 9 p.m. to 12, the Tinker's Dream release party at Finn McCool's, that's 2702 Main Street, Santa Monica, California. Tea House Records presents the official record release party of virtuoso violinist Chris Murphy's latest album of original Irish music, lauded as cinematic sweep embodied in musical form by Scope Magazine. This new release takes listeners on a heart-racing oral journey across the Emerald Isle. Critically acclaimed on both sides of the Atlantic, it's been described as a musical work of art or of high artistry by Indie Immunity, a tree, tr <laughs> a true, a tree, a true, a tree, a true, a true. I have our guests on my mind, trees and dolphins and stuff. Okay, a true piece of art by Events Magazine, and the reviews have only begun. Join Chris and a host of special guests as they celebrate this new work of musical mastery with special guest opener. Trevor Green, which I love Trevor Green. He does the didgeridoo, among other things. 21 and over, no cover. And then on Thursday, May 11th, from 11 p.m. to 2 a.m., Evanstone and the Translucent Ham Sandwich Band, live at the Mint, to 6010 West Pico Boulevard in Los Angeles. An eclectic multimedia, multifaceted group based in Orange County, incorporating improvisational music performed by a 10-piece band, accompanied by video jugglers, dancers, magicians, poets, actors, painters, and a mentalist. In a show that can only be described as a smorgasbord of sensory overload, the THSB experience cre creates an undeniably unique atmosphere for both performer and audience alike. $10 cover. For more on the ham, go to translucenthamsandwichband.com. And I will definitely see you there. That's like one of my favorite shows on the planet. And at the Mint, I believe that was their first uh, appearance was at the Mint many years ago. You will not be sorry if you go and see that. I actually painted live at the Mint. It's all improvisational. Everybody that's there is just improving to some bitchin' jazz. It is the best show on earth besides the post show just kidding okay so today we're talking about the power of visual language to create change once again co-hosting with me from east london the owner of hidden streets of london wall broker and urban art promoter and today's our anniversary two years danny wood two happy years. anniversary <laughs> so what was that two years for since we first met back in london right since we first met in london and we talked about our collaboration together the like the following month two years and ago. that's happened that's Holy two fuck. years ago today wow. today i was setting up at illustrated in london which we're going to come on to later right i'm going to announce that later there you go. it's coming up again isn't that exciting that's it pretty is. cool by, man. you are so far away from that mic okay along with a british artist <laughs> muralist using the power of visual language to raise awareness of endangered creatures tackling the extinction crisis in a big way one wall at a time Louis Massey. How do you say your name? It's Massey. Massey. Like Messiah. Well, no. I'm going to think of it like that. Yeah. But it's like the warrior. Massey warrior. Like as in the African tribe. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Of course. There you go. Learn something new about people all the time, even though you know them well. Because you have a strong connection to Africa. Well, my dad was born in Africa. It's a pretty strong connection. Yeah. But... Yeah, there was my grandfather was a geologist, and so I know that too. Talk do. in the mic though, make sure you're and close because um, we want to hear every word you yeah, have to so say. Yeah, so there was a lot of 
African artifacts in my house um, as a kid. And so, yeah. And then my old pa would tell me stories about like his adventures through the bush in Africa and stuff. And yeah, it was cool. Just like ridiculous. Like you, so you, you lived in a story world land, fairy yeah, tale I land, guess, story like world land. <laughs> Same diff, right? Yeah. I mean, stories as a kid is like what fuels your imagination. So Of course. Yeah. Yeah, what do you think, Danny? Yeah, I agree. I read lots of stories as a kid. I read lots of stories as a kid. <laughs> once. The Twits. <laughs> once? The, yeah. Once? Once you read lots yeah. of stories as a kid. And, and the interesting thing is is how the stories that we read all ha have been read to us like influence who we become. So oh, no, no, mine was sure. about yeah. the exploration of animals and yours was The Twits. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> it's actually a good book. Yeah, I know. That's good. Love Roald Dahl. Legend. Legend. Indeed. <laughs> okay, um, we're going to cut to the chase right now. We're going to go straight to a promo so you guys can all see what yeah. this man does. Check it out. Let's see. Okay, so um, the art of being—you just did this amazing track around the USA, yeah. helping helping us poor, <laughs> dumb down Americans out. Yeah, that was like a mission. I mean, I say all. that because I—that's how I feel. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not being sarcastic. Yeah. I really do feel that way. Um, it's embarrassing to me where we are now. Um, oh, you know, one thing that I wanted to bring up is—I'm um, going to bring it up later because I'm going to forget. Um, Anyway, let's talk about the art of being. So how many murals did you end up doing? Was it 20 or was it 16? Oh, I don't know. I think it might have been around 20 in the end, but some of them okay. were just like quick. Okay, because like I had there, I looked and there was there was two kind of Yeah, I mean, what I did through the website is I worked out a way in which to like uh, highlight exactly. a certain amount. And yeah. But then the, there's no point in putting up like six um, posts about a bee because yeah, yeah, it's still yeah. the okay, same I species. It. I get it, yeah, so yeah, okay. there was more than I posted. So you okay, did, you I see. You traveling all around America doing that, right? Yeah, started yeah. The East Let's pull up those photos because I know there's a it was kind of a, a, a yeah a promo photo, but then there's um then there's a map of where yeah, you went. So, yeah. so how did you choose those cities and how did that? Well, I kind of had um, a few a few sort of destinations I wanted mm -hmm. to get to. So I wanted to start in New York. I mm -hmm. wanted to get to San Francisco and Los Angeles. Well, actually, I had um, an environmental conference I was speaking at mm -hmm. um, just outside San Francisco. So I knew I needed to get to Miami for Basel. Mm -hmm. And then it was a question of we wanted filling to it in between. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then just doing the research to find out what my connections were within yeah. each cities that were along the way and yeah. events that were happening. And so you also did the research and what were the endangered, you know, the, the ones most in need of, of uh, awareness at the time yeah, to actually so paint, right? There's um, 
there's a few different ways to research like a species that's in decline. Um, you've got the the U.S. Wildlife and Fishery, uh, which uh, is quite that's a government-based website, exactly. which is quite easy to find information. But then you can cross-reference that over with the IUCN, which is um, a wha it's like an organization dedicated to uh, accounting all of the species on the planet. It's a, a worldly thing. Yeah, the U United thing. Nations, like uh, I don't think it's. To do with the I United mean, it's Nations. but, but it's yeah, it's no, no, no. But what like I mean is, yeah. is bigger <laughs> than yeah. us. Oh yeah, totally. No, it's, it's <laughs> like the whole more planet. World. Okay. Um, and so, yeah. So then, basically, I, it's. I mean, sometimes it wasn't necessarily the most endangered species because uh. um, it was a question of I'm doing that in the public domain, so therefore people have an opinion about what species they want painted, or the composition of the wall will dictate it. Or exactly. There are different factors within it, but I mean, I had a list of. 30 species with me and mm -hmm. then I picked out the ones which is sad in itself oh there's thousands and thousands on there like there's I would say there's there's easily an a species a day that goes extinct that makes me can I throw up real quick <laughs> um, <laughs> um, let's look at um, uh, this is half of this this document documentary um, actually this is Florida this is the Florida one because was that the the wrapping up of it? Uh, of kind of yeah, so yeah. Okay, in, so in that Miami has the, m the I yeah. saw that it had the most information as far as you speaking about the issues. Right. So let's go ahead and and play part one, and we'll you can see what we're talking about. Check it out. Without the ocean, we wouldn't be able to survive here on this planet. It's where fifty percent of our oxygen comes from. Uh, it's quickly dying, and so that should be a cause of alarm for a lot of people. Beyond that, it covers 71% of our planet. Most life is in the ocean. Just because you can't see it doesn't mean it doesn't exist. And we know basically nothing about it. So we're destroying something that we know nothing about. All the mysteries and benefits that it could have may, may soon be gone. The ocean is an unknown world. It's something that, as humans, that we haven't yet come to terms with how far it goes. We know more about what's up in the skies than what we know about what goes on under the water. When it's out of sight, it's out of mind. And one of the biggest imposing factors for the ocean, the fact that you can't see it. Everything goes on underneath, and we don't get the opportunity to really understand what's going on in there. Uh, it seems like all the red flags are out there and not too many people are listening right now. I'm not trying to make this super depressing, but this is just the reality of the situation. What is happening out there is affecting everything up here on land. So if we were to conserve the ocean and protect it, it's going to make things much better off on our planet and everyone's individual lives as a, as a whole. It seems like people need that what about me prospect to really get up and do something about it. But uh, you know, each person's life will be dramatically affected due to the health of the ocean. Throughout the tour, each state that we go to, I've looked at species which are threatened for their existence within each state. In some cities, it's been a lot of land. In some cities, it's touched their ocean or rivers. Now we're in Florida, which has got three borders all the way around the ocean in the Caribbean. The impact of the ocean on this land is detrimental. When climate change kicks in in full effect, this land could be gone. People living here are experiencing what it's like to see sea levels rise. Oceans are flooding the roads. In conjunction to that, species that are in the ocean are suffering hugely. You've got sharks that are suffering, there are fish that are suffering, the corals are suffering. Everything is having an effect due to the change in the temperatures in the water. In the last 50 years or so, we've lost or stressed, kind of destroyed, about half the coral reefs that were in a healthy state 50 years ago. So now the big problem or the big challenge is to think how we can retain the other half. Reefs are incredibly special. In fact, about one-third of all the marine species we know are found on a coral reef. 
They also provide a source of protein for about a half a billion people worldwide, and they protect shorelines on Pacific Islands during big storm events uh, from waves that cause a lot of erosion. We've lost most of the reefs from a combination of pollution and mostly over-exploitation or overfishing, and now increasingly from the effects of a shifting climate. This narrative can actually change direction, and that's because there are some thrillingly simple devices that we know work to rebuild fisheries on coral reefs and reestablish the ecological resilience. And when reefs get really healthy and resilient, we know their chances of surviving climate change are much improved. Okay, so what a trek that was. Yeah, yeah, no, it was. I mean, that's the first part of it. We still have part two. Right. Um, so this was, what were what were the what were the dates again? This was um, from. Well, that. When that did this end? I forget when it ended. December. That's when it ended. It yeah. And it was six. No. We did uh, nine weeks. Yeah, nine weeks. Yeah. I was gonna say ten. You yeah. took a crew with you, right? You had the, the yeah, guys. Yeah, I, I met in Venice. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So was that photographer and uh no that's well they do take photographs mm -hmm. too but tina mill are film producers okay, and, cool, and cool. uh yeah because a big part like that's that's one part of it but the probably the hardest part as you and i both know is hustling the walls and getting that set up because yeah. we we're just talking about this before we came on that's so much stuff that can go wrong yes yeah. and so you had so to do you so did that in ahead of time right to yeah some of it not all of it um some of it was rock up to a city mm -hmm. find that wow wall, leave <laughs> hmm. Because, um, like I said, they they were there were certain dates that you had to get to somewhere for. Exactly. So, like a destination was a stop through, and you can only you can find someone to help you mm -hmm. uh, to give you the gateway into a city, but that doesn't necessarily they got the wall queued up. So you still got to find the wall and hustle this, hustle that, yeah. or get a ladder and find. Paint it's simple things, right? From the ladder. <laughs> no, thing, you know like what? You know, nothing. You know nothing yeah. about this uh, sounds simple at all. Even getting people to understand and realize the position we're in. Like I was talking off camera about um, Stephen Hawking's new prediction of a hundred years. We need to find another, you know, uh, planet to live on. That is sickening to me mm -hmm. in every way. In every way, because a lot of it we can we can, you know, help at this point. Right. Maybe not. Maybe we're too far gone. But because, mm -hmm. well, like you said, we we don't know what's in the ocean. I know the ocean is dying. Basically, yeah. is it too far gone? Do you think to? 
I mean, I mean sorry. So, I mean, <laughs> it's, it's, it's difficult to know because, I mean, I don't believe in um, promoting negative idea. Yeah. And I think that um, it's, it's better for the general public to feel like there is mm -hmm. hope. But <laughs> when I speak to... Well, that in itself didn't sound really good. <laughs> <laughs> no, I know, but then when I speak to scientists, <laughs> scientists are like, well, yeah. to be honest, Louis, it's fucked. And it's been, it's <laughs> yeah, been it's that fucked, way for yeah. a while. And yeah. Yeah. But Sci then... The scientific point of view is it's fucked. It's but fucked, it's yeah. But at the same that's time, a, that's a scientific terminology at this it point. Is. It's yeah. fucked. We're all but fucked. at the same time, there are people who are inventing ways to sort the problem out. So a kid has invented. Do um, you see? It's it's the kids that are most concerned. Of course, they should be. But they're yeah. they're also the ones that are you know proactive. Not the only ones, but there there's many kids that are proactive. Yeah, cleaning up the ocean. This kid what interested? Well, this kid's like he's made a machine that's basically collecting all the plastic out of the ocean. Exactly. And so it's able to filter it and clean it. Okay. Um, but in order, it, th there's almost no point in that happening if people don't stop yeah, putting, yeah, the, yeah, shit yeah, putting yeah, the shit yeah, in yeah, the yeah, ocean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I learned yesterday through doing like finishing off this painting I did of uh, the fin finback whale, which is resident mm -hmm. to LA, that ten metric tons of plastic is pushed into just the LA ocean. Yeah. So a day. I read because Sky News is doing this big kind of um, yeah. proactive uh, plastic thing back in the UK, and obviously it's broadcast over here as well. And they said eighty tons a day yeah. in the ocean, eighty fucking tons of plastic. Like, where yeah. does that even come from? I don't. Like Things that's like insane. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Um, it's no, it's sickening. It's very sickening. But uh, you did say, <laughs> this is terrible, but you did say your personal belief is that nature doesn't make mistakes. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> I <laughs> and that the destruction of the current stage in the Earth's life cycle is what nature has intended for us, mm -hmm. possibly. And mm -hmm. the other thing to add to that, karma's a bitch. Yeah. <laughs> that's what I know. Mm -hmm. Karma's a bitch. Yeah. You know, if we destroy our Earth out of greed, we deserve it. Yeah, we do, but does everything else? Does everything else? No. No. That's and that's that's the that's the point where I get annoyed and I get upset and that's exactly, why yeah. I like to paint about what I'm painting about. Yeah. So when did this become ingrained in you then? Where where's your love? Because you're you know very topical about it and your yeah. messages come across clearly from your work. Again, we yeah. just spoke about this before that it's quite clear the message that you're trying to portray. So when did that become part of who you are? I think and it's been there since I was a kid. I mean, like I I was I was, you know, maybe have been about seven or eight and i was already like taking like um like walks with wwf mm -hmm. to raise money and stuff and so it's kind of always been ingrained there um it's embedded in your dna yeah but it's not necessarily been there from an artistic point that of view. that was my next question and it's through the transition of painting about an animal and then thinking well actually that isn't just an animal it's an endangered animal yeah. and thus it's a species and therefore it's a fragile environment that we are imposing on it so and it's also part of the discuss. circle of life it's everything yeah. is important everything's necessary yeah. you know to yeah. keep things going yeah, and you screw one thing up this like the bees which we'll yeah. talk about and you've screwed everything up okay <laughs> we're gonna go to we're gonna go to a video about the jellyfish so check this out we'll be right back my name's Louis Masai and I'm from England I don't really see what I'm doing as a job. I'm just having fun. Um, I'm lucky that people pay me to have fun. I mean, other people may argue differently, but I don't think that, I don't think it's a profession. I think it's a way of life because you can't ever shut off from being an artist. I think art's got a voice. It's got a silent voice that people can hear it and, and sort of feel. Animals don't have that voice. And so I like the idea that my work can be speaking silently for species that don't have a way to say, hello, I'm here, I exist. My music, I collected hip-hop, reggae, funk, Latin, breaks, a uh, little bit of dubstep, a little bit of jungle, uh, Afrobeat, uh, new funk, then jazz. I, li I listen to everything. But when I paint, I notice that different genres make me paint differently. If I'm listening to like drum and bass or jungle, I'll paint super fast. Whereas if I'm listening to jazz or like old school reggae, I start to paint a lot slower. I feel the paint more when I'm when I'm listening to music. So 
So Pippa and Ron asked me to do jellyfish and it's always something I've, I've thought oh, it would be fun to do it but I've never really found the opportunity to do it and kind of shied away from it because I like eyes when I do my pieces, I like to build out and I love fur and jellyfish don't have any of that. Um, they're very transparent, they're very, they're, but they've got awesome colours. And I like the way they flow and move and there's like a different motion in them. So I was really attracted to the idea of painting them. You guys have got coolest school to be at. Like, I don't know if advertising is my thing, I'll be honest, but at the same time, who cares? Because you guys are like such an environment. You're, like, you're very blessed. Okay, so the jellyfish was was a challenge for you because it's not what <laughs> you like to yeah. paint or are used to. So what was the outcome of that? You 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 kind of liked it once you did um, it? It looked like it turned out really, really great. Yeah, I mean, they, they kind of... What I don't like about it is that I don't like painting murals that are inside because they're kind of closed off from the general public. Oh, it? that was an inside mural? Yeah, that's oh, so I didn't it's inside the, I it's didn't inside the school. Okay. Um, okay, 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 I got so it. So it's kind of a commission, but at the same time though, um, it is a school. It is a school, mm -hmm. I was so just gonna say that. Look, so people are seeing it, but then it's, it's cut off from the general public. And for me, that's what's important about your message. Painting outside and the message is that it's there for the public domain and for every person. That is where social media comes in and you definitely have a big part of that. Yeah. Making sure things are accessible through there and this video is accessible through there. Um, so what you really prefer is to is to paint fur. So <laughs> what about the red wolf? Yeah. <laughs> so um, and this, was <laughs> this was in London. <laughs> yeah. So How was that transition? Works. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I, I did a show um, a couple of years ago and uh, what I then started to do was to paint the the paintings I'd done in the show out on the street just because that was okay, yeah, the yeah. sort of research I'd done and so I did the Red Wolf and but the interrelation like underneath the Red Wolf is um, um, a, a Kachina doll which is from the Hopi tribe. Exactly, I think that shows in this video. Let's, yeah. let's play the video and See that at the very end, it does show yeah. the, the doll. Yeah, okay.
Rocket. Rock Band, founded in 1983, been reunited in 2016. Please welcome Rough Cut. All right, everybody, your, your co-host here, Chris Hager. Amir to Rock. That's Amir to Rock. Dave Alford. <laughs> A.K.A. Rock and Dave. Rock and Dave. Everybody knows Rock and Dave. Who's missing? Uh, actually, yeah, right? Actually, yeah. <laughs> Paul's out in uh, Vegas, and he wanted to be here, but could not make it today. Matt's excuse, Matt's, no, actually, he doesn't. His excuse is not as good. We're not gonna hey, Matt. Hey, Matt. He does have a pretty good Miss you, bro. We do miss you. What is it like starting again? How crazy is that? Not only is it unfinished business, but it's, um, I think nothing short of a miracle. Everybody's <laughs> <laughs> yes. still alive. That was the first poster that Warner Brothers made of us. Pointing. Oh, the 80s pointing. Oh. 84? 86. Okay, 86. <laughs> Jackson Guitars, now GJ2 Guitars, likes to refer to us as the San Diego Mafia. We actually, believe it or not, paved the way for a lot of those I bands. know you did. We just wanted to announce that we are actually working with Wendy Dio again now, and we're real excited but about that. She was your manager to begin She was our manager all through the 80s. Okay, we're talking about new music now? We can talk about new music. Let's talk about new music. What you guys got? Come on, well, bring it. Hey, welcome back to the Hollywood Post Show. So on Saturday, May 13th, 8 to 11 p.m., Women in Vaudeville at the Bob Baker Marionette Theater, 1345 West 1st Street in Los Angeles. This event marks the first collaboration between the theater and the L.A.-based performer. It's part of a series of events hosted by the theater to foster and embolden the diverse and vibrant community of vaudevillian artists in L.A., World-renowned juggler and entertainer Lindsay Benner will serve as the master of ceremonies, drinks, live music, magic, dancing, acting, hula hooping, comedy, contortion, and stunts with all acts interspersed with Lindsay and Bob Baker's world-famous marionette singing, dancing, and playing with the audience. Sounds a little frightening. <laughs> An event filled with magnificent talent echoing the bygone and golden era of vaudevillian comedy. Tickets are $20. Now vaudeville, I'm all for, cause that's what that's what we used to we used to go. Not we, not we, but the humans used to come during the Great Depression, cause they had their nickel or their dime or whatever it was. <laughs> so we have a twenty dollar bill. We can go see all of the greatest entertainment in the in the world, vaudeville. It probably even included maybe a beer. That would be great. At the old Truman Brewery, ninety one Brick Lane. One six Q London. What is with the E one six Q business? E is for East. So East. Oh, six Q is that a quarter? What is that? Um, Illustrated 2017 is back, showcasing some of the brightest visionaries in contemporary illustration and street art. Enjoying one, enjoy one of UK's most exciting exhibition environments set against the backdrop of the old Truman Brewery in Shoreditch, East London's revolutionary. Arts and Media Quarter. Right, Danny? It is. It is. It is. This is not an art fair, right, Danny? It's not an art fair. But an industry event (laughs) with Um. quality content, carefully curated program of seminars, workshops, not uh, not one by Danny. No, not this time I'm here. Unless you can keep start (laughs) flapping your wings now. So it's produced by, right, go on, you finish. Okay, I'll finish. Uh, Live art, uh, tournaments and music, all within engaging and vibrant, all within an engaging arena. Uh, grab your early bird tickets now for more info illustrated.co.uk this is where Danny Wood and I met two years ago and uh, two years ago today it was that's kind of crazy so first of all it's crazy it's curated by uh, two of my good friends Mark uh, Mark Farrington and uh, Blaise and yeah it's uh, slightly different to the street art 
kind of aesthetic that I'm used to. It's mainly illustrators, but it's a, it's a great weekend. Well, like kinda, I thought it was a really cool merge of the two, yeah, actually. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they have a secret walls there, which is one thing. They have secret kids' workshops. They have group workshops. They have live tattooing. Incredible music. It's, it's, it's a great mix of everything. And it's definitely one for, like, all the family. You know, it's children-friendly, and everyone can get involved. And, uh, yeah, that's an important part of, like, getting people into the community. And obviously being in, as you say, Shoreditch is saturated and is whatever your opinion of it is now it's still a hub of it the is urban art world yeah. as we know it specifically sure. being from london uh you know agreed yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah totally. I mean, and it's the, the go-to place everybody knows everyone wants to paint louis was there you painted bees there Painted bees everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you painted bees, bees uh, there yeah. on purpose, right? Yeah. I mean, not yeah, no, not I to mean everything else wasn't well, yeah. on purpose. We could actually go to that. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, we could. Well, for one thing, um, I have the the cup and saucer, which is kind of great. Are you gonna make more of those? Oh, you have one. No, I no. wish I had one. Oh, you wish you had one. Are, yeah, no, are you making more of those? Yeah, they're kind of like... Um, uh, that's that's actually cut 22 if people want to see that. The cup and saucer with the bees. Yeah, they're kind of like... Um, I can they're not limited that that one is limited because that one it's was got the heart on the inside on the inside yes but then now there is an unlimited <laughs> amount and they just they're kind of like bread and butter kind of things nice okay so the the bee thing i can't remember the bees were is it um the n this is now trailer is that is that where you talk about the bees no this is now was uh, a project i did with synchronous the earth which is uh, an environmental platform um Oh no, no no I remember what that yeah. was now okay let's continue on let's go to um let's go to the coral reef let's take a visit yeah that's the, the one reef. I did with synchronous okay let's do that nothing else on this planet seems to be in competition to it for color for diversity for busyness I don't think anyone's tuned into nature's voice I think that's part of the problem We've got to care about coral reefs because they're the canary in the mine in terms of uh, living organisms and a living ocean. Uh, everything is based on around coral reefs, and if we destroy the coral reefs, we destroy the whole hierarchy of life in an ocean environment. almost 50 years that I've been recording, uh, well over 50% of my archive is from habitats that no longer exist acoustically. Just there's a lot of information that's contained in that whole choral narrative from uh, listening to things from a grander perspective. simply loss of sound. They're, there's no life support for them, so they just don't exist. Except for a few snapping shrimp, it's almost dead quiet. All of these habitats have a certain level of fragility to them beyond which you can't go. And uh, if you're not very careful, um, they're just going to man ah uh, where do we start it's a big, that's a big deal it's a serious issue because it's a very essentially serious the reefs are protecting yeah. us from many climate change problems that are to come but at the same time the climate change is what is destroying them amongst other things and so to catch 22 yeah mm -hmm. i mean there it's it's kind of like the canary effects in the environment so it adds biodiversity when the coral reef's gone expect the next one to go very backwards, which mm -hmm. will be things okay. like the forests and Speaking of the canary, we're going to go to Last of My Kind real quick because I really like it. <laughs> That's the only reason.
Brazil. 2013. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. That was that was kind of old, but I had oh. to play it because it's super cool. But we better <laughs> go on break. So um, we'll catch you in just a couple minutes. Okay. Any last words? Deep breath. Whoa, <laughs> it's loud. Okay, we still have um, the second half of the art of being. So this was a a five film documentary. Yeah, we made a film. And actually, what was cool about it is that I mean, I really pushed these guys hard because we did all the filming and editing within the road trip. Mm -hmm. So by the time, I know, but yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Yeah, it was done. It was done. That's the underestimated thing about the art world, from my point of view. I you non photographer and non videographer whatever the fuck you want to call it like some skills like Birdman and Zane etc chopping down the it, it takes a lot of fucking you work drop cameras to into emotion I, I do I do it's emotion <laughs> it takes a lot of effort as I'm sure yeah. you know for somebody to go out and produce some I mean yeah. I used to have a blog and I was really crap at it and somebody once said to me some worse than out of date blog no, real time yeah, and yeah. to deliver something yeah, yeah, quality people want to see it like that and if you yeah. can get it like that then you're the go-to person yeah. so yeah i kind of can relate to or appreciate yeah the amount of effort that must go into doing that plus while you're on tour which must be even more intense yeah well i mean the other thing is is that the the interviews weren't lined up we met these yeah. people it's yeah organic. they met the organically yeah. So right yeah you, you do the interviews and you do you get the sort of the the footage of the of the environment of where you're at and yeah the but then you got you got all that document. Now you've got to make a story out of it. Yeah. And then you've got five of them, so you've got to try and figure out a way piece in which to together. piece it together. And that jigsaw's never made until you hit the end and you just hope that yeah, the end connected yeah. to the beginning. Okay, let's see some of that some of that process with, with part two of the art of being. I've been blessed on this with meeting so many cool people, so many scientific people, people that have given me the opportunity to understand about a species before I paint it and there wasn't a time more pure than in Miami to do that. I met Elizabeth from the Defenders of Wild and she had a chat with me where the wild manatee are. I can single-handedly say that it was the deepest experience painting that manatee purely based on the fact that two years prior I was witnessing manatee in the wild and then at a conservation place, we met a manatee that squished his face up against the glass. And through the glass, we touched. And it wasn't a question of touching like skin to skin. There was an understanding there. That carried with me into the painting. And so the creation of the painting became more connection for me to the species that I was creating. That's the first time I've had that experience. 
Many manatees in Florida are hit by boats. Um, this year, uh, I believe 95 manatees have been killed by boats. The record was in the late 1990s with 97 manatees killed by boats, so we may surpass that. Look to the scars on the manatees to be able to distinguish individual manatees. They have a pattern. That's a way to identify individuals throughout research across the the world on different species. They look for identifying marks or patterns, and in this case, the, those marks and patterns are caused by either boat propellers or a blunt force trauma from getting hit by the hull of a boat. They are maintaining their We throw a lot of threats in their direction, and because of the, the very good conservation work that many, many entities have coordinated in the past few decades, we're seeing some success. One of the things that upsets me the most about the ocean is the sheer amount of plastic that gets pumped into it on a daily basis. People are not aware of it. And one of the fantastic things about the guys that are supporting us, EcoAlf, is that through their products and their clothes, to highlight the fact that that plastic and that fishing net is coming from out the ocean and that it's being turned into a fabric and then we are wearing it. And if more companies can take on that business plan and see that as a role model for a more productive way of A, producing their garments and B, source of their materials, then we've got a solution to a problem that we have. There is an abundance of plastic made in this planet. There is an abundance of that plastic in the ocean. If we can take it out of the ocean and turn it into clothes back on land, then we solve two problems. That's nine weeks we've met people from all different demographics and walk of life. We've met young people, old people, indigenous people, people from other lands who have settled here. Everyone that we've met always has the same understanding that we need to come together and we need to fight for what is important for the environment. No one is happy about the way in which it's going at the moment and there is a collective understanding of things moving forward but we need to do it together. The reason for calling this tour the art of being was because I want people to be more bee-like. Within a community inside the hive, every bee has a role and every bee relies upon the other bee to make sure that it's doing its job properly. The bees are going out every single day and they're pollinating, they're keeping this planet stitched together. If people can take on that mindset of the bee, then perhaps we can start to stitch our planet back together and start to fix the problems that we've made. Please, mankind help out this species, like your brothers the bees are doing. We're all in this together. We need them, they need us, that species needs us, we need them. We can learn from the rest of the animal kingdom, but we have to listen to it first. And if there's ever a time that it's shouting at us the loudest, it's now. Okay, so Louis has a show at the Cave Gallery, right? What, what, yep, so So, I'm getting all American and shit. Um, it's gonna Is that be an American thing? I don't know. It's I've only heard you do it. Yeah, there you go, I made it up. It's um, Cave Gallery, good friends of all of ours, uh, Patrick and T. So uh, Saturday is the Patrick's opening night um, on North Venice Boulevard. Louis' solo show, which is why he's in town in Los Angeles. You've been working for a long time to get this show ready. We're currently at an easy place while it's shipped. It's kind of in transit at the moment, right? Which yeah. is always a stressful time for an artist. Like I spent yeah. three months in my studio doing this fucking awesome yeah. work yeah. and it's in the hand now yeah. to get yeah, it over yeah, here. Yeah. And the whole show relates to this turning up, as you said, some of your work is very technical. You have to yeah. take it apart, rebuild it. And oh, stuff. is it in customs? Is it's, it's Yeah, it's in customs. But oh shit. When I make <laughs> Things like I jigsaw bits of small oh, wood and together. You have to put it together. Well, no, it's already together, but in the transit it can dislodge, which yeah. means that part of the painting could pop out. So, so I'm scared to open it. Yeah, I would be. That's yeah. <laughs> we okay. all know. It makes it really, really even more interesting to make sure you come and see it. <laughs>
in one piece and yeah. what it looks like if it's not. <laughs> so okay, Saturday, so 6 p.m. Cave. You can check out what's going on. Instagram's at Cave Gallery Photos. My personal one or my business one, whatever the fuck, is London Graffiti. One You're so word. professional. <laughs> I know. Uh, yeah, Something I, like I'm entitled that. to be. Uh, Louis entitled. is at Louis Masai, one word. Yeah. Uh, as usual, just hit us all up on Instagram. Business portal of life, no websites or whatever. You can link everything from the Instagram. Exactly. Yeah, okay, go. and any any uh, guests we've had on the show before or are going to have on the show, go to wetpuzzlepiece.com. You'll see all of the archives, what's coming up, all the social media, anything you need to see. Also, this episode should be on there tonight, if not tomorrow morning. I will see you on Saturday at Louis' show. So show yeah. up. Show up, and I'll see you next week. Ciao. pretend for a second that me painting a painting on a wall is going to stop hedgehogs being killed. What I'm hoping is that me doing that painting will make a few thousand people become aware. I'm trying to make a change for people's understanding. Listen, there is a crisis happening.